root cause would not blame people. It just looks at the, the system or process failure. Usually when you ask, why did we not do it at the first place, I want to emphasize on it, you don't ask that to find out who to blame. You ask that to find out what other process has failed. Hello, I'm Craig Thornton and welcome to the Quest to QHSE. In this weekly podcast, I, alongside my special guests, will be discussing the issues and barriers with managing your quality, health and safety and environmental compliance systems. If you enjoy this episode, you can subscribe to the Quest to QHSE wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have any questions for me or my guests, then check us out on Facebook at Quest to QHSE. It would be great if you leave us a review on your podcast app. This helps others to find us. This podcast is sponsored by Mango. Mango is a cloud-based integrated compliance software product that will get everyone in your organization involved and participating in your QHSE systems. In today's podcast, we will get some top-notch training from one of New Zealand's very best lean professionals, Sean Banayan. The topic is a good one. That is root cause analysis, tools, tips, and tricks. So Sean, without further delay, the floor is yours to discuss root cause analysis. Thanks, Greg. Thanks. Um, hello to all. My name is Sean. Thanks for listening to this presentation. And thank you, Craig, for giving me this opportunity to share my experience uh, with you guys. So um, the agenda for today's presentation is we're going to go through the definition of root cause analysis. Um, we want to identify what is the difference between direct cause and root cause. Um, data-driven decisions, uh, data collection and visual control. So some of these topics I have to touch on um, in able to be um, to, to expand our conversation about uh, root cause analysis. So data-driven uh, decisions and data collection is a big part of it, as we will discuss later on. Um, clarify the problem. Um, quality and data at source. Most of you have heard of quality at source, but I want to introduce you to quality and data at source. Um, basic problem solving, uh, we're going to have a practical example, visual control, problem description, uh, problem solving steps, identifying the direct cause, fishbone analysis, we briefly touch on that, um, and identifying the root cause by five Ys um, is one of the uh, vastly used lean tools. And we want to go through how to sustain and share this best practice. So definition, what is a root cause analysis? Um, a method of problem solving used for identifying the root cause of the faults or problems. It is the fundamental breakdown or failure of a process which, when resolved, prevents a recurrence of the problem forever. And it is a systematic approach to get to the, root, the true root causes of process problems. Uh, let's go through what is a direct cause and, and, and how do we differentiate this between um, a root cause. Direct cause is something that does not prevent this from happening again. So it will, it will just keep happening. It's just a matter of time. 
it's only as good as a band-aid. Now, why do we use the term band-aid? It's uh, temporary and it costs money. There's no band-aid tree out there, is there? Um, so every time you use it, you have to pay money and it costs, and it's temporarily. And it usually blames people. So direct causes do not look at processes. It usually looks at uh, who made the mistake and uh, who can we blame. In comparison, root cause, it is proven source of the direct cause. It will prevent the direct cause from recurring again. And it does not attribute blame to anyone. It looks at the failure of the system or the process. It never looks at who made the problem, who made the mistake. Always look at um, which process uh, failed. What can we do to improve the process? Let's go through a root cause um, example. So in this scenario, the machine has a stop because it overloaded and the fuse blew. We conduct some investigation and the investigation shows that the machine overloaded because it had bearing that was not being sufficiently lubricated. We do further investigation and the investigation proceeds uh, and finds that the automatic lubrication mechanism had a pump which was not pumping sufficiently hence the lack of lubrication. Further investigation, it shows that the pump, sh uh, the pump has worn uh, the shaft. Further investigation shows that pump cover which prevents metal scrap getting into the pump has been damaged. This enables scrap to get into the pump and damage the shaft. So in this example, the bearing was a direct cause. So the machine failed because the, the, the bearing was not um, sufficiently lubricated. So the bearing uh, failed and it resulted in machine overloading. And the root cause is actually the pump cover which was supposed to prevent the metal scrape. Now just imagine throughout this process, if we stopped right here, we say, okay, we need a new set of bearing. We stop right here, let's change the shaft. You know, it was worn out. We pretty much got to the bottom of it. The shaft was worn out. Let's, let's change the shaft. You can just imagine how many times this problem keeps happening. And probably unfortunate fact is actually for businesses, sometimes when a quality issue or an incident keeps happening, it actually becomes the norm. It actually becomes part of the day-to-day um, -day business. Yeah, you know, after a few years, people would say, oh, okay, yeah, that machine keeps failing every month, that's expected. And they actually, they probably would build it into the maintenance schedule already as an accepted failure fact. So this is an example that shows without fixing the root cause, the problem keeps happening. Because once you get a new shaft, the scrap metal would still get in, it will worn out the shaft, the lubrication, automatic lubrication mechanism will fail, the bearing would not get uh, sufficiently lubricated and the machine would overload. Now we want to discuss uh, data-driven decisions. Um, the quote by Edward Deming that I included, without data you're just another person with an opinion. Reasons for choosing the problem are quite important. Um, so some of the reasons that you should have is um, background information or KPIs effect on you or your group, linked to higher um, level goals, customer identified, 
So what it means is you can't just jump into root cause analysis without understanding why you're doing it. So first you need to have a very clear problem description and very good reason for investigating the problem. Otherwise, you're, you're basically just wasting your time or you're spending most of your time on a problem that in a bigger scheme was not actually a big problem for your business. So therefore, always go through these four at least. I'm sure you can come up with some other factors that are important for your business. But um, check the background information or the KPI. Check the effect of it on your group. Link it to the higher level goals, your strategy plans. And, um, and either has been identified by the customer or it's actually not a problem by customer. So just expanding on that, data uh, collection and visual control. Um, you need to gather the data. Um, you need to use the facts. Record what's happening. Manually gather information. Grasp the situation before trying to fix it. I've, uh, Included another quote from Austin Nestle, um, you can't fix what you don't know. So often we're trying to fix something that we actually don't know the situation. We don't know what caused it. We don't know how can we prevent it. We just have all the good intentions in the world to solve it. And it usually is the type of problem that does not get solved. And it just keeps recurring because that's the time that you, you keep looking at the direct cause and say, okay, that happened. Okay, let's, let's fix that. And then the other one happened. Let's fix that. And you never actually take your time to, to expand on it and, and identify what is the root cause, why does it keep happening. And as I said, the, the danger with fixing direct causes and, and recurring of them is that after a while it becomes part of your business. So it gets accepted that uh, that, that machine fails this often, um, those invoices are wrong this often, and it just you, you actually build in your processes around your failures. Another way of actually um, hiding your failures is by increasing your stock level. So I don't I don't know what sort of business you guys are, but um, uh, we all have some sort of stock. Um, and um, unless you're in IT industry, like yeah. Craig. <laughs> but, but it's very easy to, to increase. So for example, you don't have a backup for your trainer of, of a machine, and uh, you will have an extra two days worth of buffer stock, because in case it's absent, you have enough stock. So you can easily hide your problems behind your stocks as well. You have to collect data on defects, changes, incidents, and other key performance indicators, the KPIs. Display the data as graphs displayed in any other form that um, it, it shows a combination of standard or targets with your current situation. So, uh, one second, three second, um, and a ten second rule. So, and in some other countries, they say three, five, and ten, but uh, one second, three second, and ten seconds. So, in one second, you should see whether it's good or bad. So, now in one second, I know May is good because it's green. In three seconds, you have to understand um, the, the trend of it. You see, okay, overall, how are we doing? Okay, in three seconds, I can look at it and see, okay, the, um, we have three months that are not good, the rest are pretty good. And a ten second, which expands on this, is counter measurement sheets on the bottom that in 10 seconds I would say, okay, in February what happened? That's a 3, 5, 10 second rule. Once, once I look at a graph, we need to be able to clarify the problem. 
usually the way I would describe them, there, there would be other ways of um, breaking them down, but I think this two would cover most of the problem. First, you need to distinguish the problem breakdown and problem pri prioritization. Um, so the breakdown would be, okay, so I, at this point, you don't, you, you know something happened, you just don't know what exactly caused it. You're just looking for trends, looking for categories. So you can, some of the things you can look at is departments, category, type, employees, shift. Um, where is it that is happening? So you're, you're trying to look for um, a shortcut to the answer rather than just saying, okay, we, have, we had a quality issue in, um, in our fabrication problem. Let's update the procedures of entire company. What would you do that when you want only one one department was was the issue? Same thing with categories. Same thing with types. Um, and the same thing goes with um, the prioritization, a level of importance, um, level of urgency, level of impact. So sometimes you see, yeah, okay, lots of problem is happening in this department, but actually not that important. They're not costing us that much money. I'm not saying you don't solve them, but it's not something you want to spend. It's not something you want to put it on top of your your priority list and 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 get on with it right now. Something you want to um, keep an eye on it. So it's actually quite understanding not only the trend, not only the frequency, but also understanding of how critical is it to your business, how urgent is it for your business, and uh, what is the impact. So the breakdown of the initial problem prescription to one problem you can solve. As I mentioned, you cannot solve everything. So at this point, you're just trying to look for some sort of trend, some sort of category that would just lead you to one corner and say, okay, this is the one problem I can solve. This should have the largest overall impact for your business. So most of you are familiar with quality at source. Um, so the quality is building to each process. Never send quality defects to next process. We see on the top, we have the traditional production quality check, process one, two, three, four, and then let's check it. By the time this is wrong, then you need to go back to probably process one, probably process two, and you need to redo the whole thing. So the work class quality check is building the quality check within each process, so that's what we call quality at source. Now I want to add on to that the data gathering. So you see how important is to gather information for us to do the root cause analysis, for us to look at the problems. If you haven't gathered which department the problems are causing, what are the types, what are the categories, who's making them, um, in which department, then you have to go back to the same thing as that traditional production quality check that that uh, needs to go back all the way sometimes to process one and, and gets rebuilt. So the same thing goes with data. If you actually haven't built in the, the systems to capture the data in process four, when something happens, you don't know why it happened because now you just have this big problem that you cannot break down and you're just going to spend a whole lot of time to identify what is actually the problem. Whereas if you put the systems in place to gather the information, then, then you, don't, you don't need to do that. So, as much important as it is to make the quality checks, build them in to each process, you need to have some sort of um, procedures for people to say when, when a quality happens, how are they recording it? 
are they just put it in a scrap bin and build another one? Now we're jumping into problem, basic problem solving. Um, this is really the easiest way I could describe a problem solving activity. It goes through a funnel and then leaves the root cause. So this is where all that information is. You need to stream them down into that one root cause that is, that is responsible for making all that problem happening. So you need to do your initial problem description. You have to explain the problem at this stage, at your problem statement stage. You and those are a few of the tools that I mentioned. Um, you can use fishbone analysis. You can do five-wide in investigation, follow objects, standardization. Um, and at the end, when you actually fix it, you need to share your best um, practice. Now let's go through a practical example. Let's um, take this scenario. A problem has occurred in fabrication department. A number of jobs have failed final quality inspection due to incorrect build. We will work through this problem using some basic problem solving tools during this training uh, presentation um, to actually find out how do we deal with it. Um, a quality inspection has failed. We know this material has been incorrectly built, but how do we actually um, break it down? How do we find out the direct cause and the root cause? So first we go to the board. Remember the um, capturing data at source? So I'm looking at the board. This is now visually I can see that, okay, on the 21st we, in our own department, lots of quality issues happening and most of them are actually not to drawing. Okay, so at this stage we just want to focus on our biggest problem, yeah? So they're not to drawing. Now we want to find out what the problem description is. Not to drawing is too broad. Maybe we want to identify what is not to drawing. What is the problem description? The job's failing in fabrication inspection due to incorrect build, not to drawing. Okay, so that's our problem description. Jobs failing fabrication inspection due to incorrect build. Now we have a clear problem description. Now let's go through a few steps. These are usually the steps that you take to, um, to do a root cause analysis. First, you need to identify the direct cause. So I know we put so much emphasis on the root cause analysis and we say, okay, direct cause doesn't really solve it, it keeps recurring again, it's like a band-aid. But one thing you need to keep in mind that you need to understand what your direct cause is. So you can't just ignore it and say, well, I want to jump into the root cause. You, have to, you actually have to understand what your direct cause is in order to lead, lead you to the to root cause. So first we need to identify the direct cause. And then the second step is to apply a short-term immediate action, the Band-Aid. Again, we said Band-Aids are not good. Why are we saying that you need to use them? It's because not all root causes are easy to solve. Now just imagine if we get to the root cause of updating all engineering drawings. So we have 3,000 engineering drawings. Just imagine the time that it would take to, um, to update the method of manufacturing and update all the drawings. And all this time, our customers, now that could be internal customer, which is the next department, or could be our external customer, uh, will be receiving the, the, the defective 
product just because we're addressing the root cause. So as much as identifying the root cause and dealing with it is important, you actually have to put some band-aid. We say, okay, these um, uh, fin walls are hard to paint. We need a flow code system. However, me, and I may take six months to do that. However, meanwhile, we're going to hand brush um, each one of them. We're going to paint them one by one with hand to make sure the customer receives a good quality product while we're addressing. So that band-aid is costing us. We have put more labor into it. Sometimes you need to put more inspection into it, but it's necessarily to stop the problem from going, to your, going out to your customer, whether it's internal or, or external, until we sort out the root cause. So the third one is identifying the root cause. Then we want to apply a long-term root cause fix. Just identifying the root cause obviously doesn't help. We need to apply a long-term. And sustain and sharing this practice. Um, we're going to talk about that more. But when we find the root cause, when we fix it, it's crucial. So these are all reactive, isn't it? So at this stage, you're just reacting to something that has already happened. Now that's your opportunity to look further and see, okay, if this happened, where else can it happen? How can we sustain it, you know, sustain the root causes? Root causes also need to be built into your process and procedures. You can't just fix that one problem and say, okay, let's walk away. No, it will never happen. You need to put some procedures and processes in place to sustain it. And um, you need to share that best practice. It could be within that department, outside that department, within your business. That root cause may or may not, but most of the time it may be related to other problems or it can actually lead you to solve more problems. Going back to our example of um, a product being built in fabrication, uh, not to spec. Now, we need to identify the direct cause and implement a short, immediate action, the band-aid. Usually means you have to put more costs to our process, adding activities such as more inspection or more training. This is a reactive uh, way of working, as I said. We need to do it until we find the root cause. We can use the data analysis graph to look at a lot of different breakdowns to guide us to what can possibly be directing causing the, this, this problem. So at this stage, this is where the data comes in, in, in hand. We write down the description of the problem, quality defects in fabrication, and we capture all these data at source. So uh, as I mentioned, you have to distinguish your problem as much as possible. You need to break them down. The quality defects that have left the department and went outside and affected other departments, we call them the CARs, corrective actions requests, and the ones that was captured within the department are the, 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 inspe the final inspection of that department. So we can actually right away distinguish whether that, that um, quality has left the department or, or um, was caught within the department. And usually there is an exact correlation between these two because the more you capture in your in-house, the less it goes out. The, the, the problems are starting to, to leave the department. So our final inspection is not good probably or is not working. We need to put more emphasis on that. But let's do a, um, a, a breakdown of the categories. So we break down all the quality issues into 
fabrication error, leaking wells, oil leak, welding quality, operator's error, missing ID. And again, I keep referring back to that um, three-second rule that in three seconds I can see, okay, hang on a second, that orange stands out. So what is that? That, that? that must be causing me lots of grief. And that's a fabrication error. Now, when you break that down further, you see again another orange will stand out welded in wrong position. So 55% of our problems is causing by parts being welded in wrong positions. Because that fabrication error could be actually welding the wrong part or missing the weld or oiling. When you actually break that down, you see 71% of it is welding internal locating brackets in a wrong position. Okay? So I've used the, the I've used sample data, but the but the names of the components are actually you know or the categories are actually types and codes that that we use. It's just the data is sample. The internal locating brackets, as we will talk about it a little further in our example, just wanted to uh, have a note. It's it's basically the bracket that holds the transformer inside inside the tank. Okay, so that's that's the internal locating bracket. All right, so. Looking back, just imagine that right here, I would have said, okay, we have 14 quality issues to solve. Let's get on with it. Just imagine how much time I needed to spend to find out what each one of those 14 are, and throughout months, I don't know actually how often do they happen. Whereas if I just break them down into their categories, I see all right, I probably don't need to spend so much time on that leaking weld because we just had few in September and it didn't seem to be happening again. Okay, I know it's a problem, I know it's, it's good to solve and it's good to solve everything, good to be perfect, but we don't have time for everything. So why would I be spending my next six months developing procedures for leaking welds when it happens only twice and it seems to be to be sorted already. So this is where you where you go wrong with, um, with your decisions if you don't refer back to the data. If your decisions are not data driven, you would be spending a lot of time on something that actually was not a problem at the first place anyway. And then when we break them down, fabrication error. Now why would I be spending so much of my time to, to sort out the welding splatter when actually only it's 2% of my problems. So this is where you break them down and you see, okay, so 71% of all this fabrication, so basically 71% of all the fabrications that we have is this internal locating bracket that is not getting welded in place. Now this is where we do fishbone analysis, okay? So it's, it's also call, uh, called cause and effect analysis. So this is where you pull your team together. You need to do a brainstorming event that helps to forward a lot of ideas towards what can be causing this problem. It's, it's called fishmon because it looks like a fish. And sometimes in other format, they put a head of a fish at, the, at here. So this is the effect, the problem observed, and you will break it down into what can possibly be causing it. Now, don't get caught up with too much with where you put the ideas actually does not matter. It's just basically 
um, a tool to, 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 to help people for brainstorming sessions. So it doesn't really matter with the problem that you think is causing it, whether it's really method or man, but, but this is really the format to help you. What are the methods that, that, that can be causing this problem? What are the, under, under the operators, the man's machine, material. So for our example, we put our um, problem description here. That's incorrect position of internal locating bracket. So we just write down these ideas on here. So at this stage, we just want to, all the ideas to come through. We don't um, spend too much time on drilling deep into it. We just want to write down the ideas. Okay? And we group them. Yeah, under man, it could be welders neglecting to check. Attention to details, lack of training. Um, so these are all related to man, related to the person. Yeah, under method, no standard method of positioning. Quality check method, no procedures for checking the parts. Under material, we have wrong tools. Drawings not clear. Under machine, we have measuring tool. And torches to check inside the tank. Maybe they're not um, practical enough. And the key point, as I mentioned, no idea is a bad idea. You just want people to come up with ideas. Now, you can hold these sessions in, in a quiet room. It could be in the middle of the shop, in your toolbox meeting, section meetings. Um, you just say, hey, guys, this is a problem we have. Seems to be, um, uh, you know, consuming 71% of our quality problems. What do you think are the, are the reasons causing it? And you would be amazed at, at most of people would actually know that answer, it's just nobody ever asked them. Of all these ideas, we want to get, you know, people's um, vote on it, basically, or say, okay, which one do you think is causing it more? Um, is it the wrong tool, drawing, torches, no standard method of positioning, and so on? And you see that um, most of people would actually say, well, I have that problem. I'm, it's causing me a problem. And the other one will say, well, it's causing me a problem as well. And then you point that out. So at this stage, this is your direct cause. What's directly causing the incorrect position of internal locating bracket is that there is no standard method of positioning the, the bracket. That's your direct cause. So remember the importance of capturing the data. Now this is now we're we're on the other side of the table. Now we use the data to to get to this point. Now we need to record the data. So that cycle carries on forever. Now we want to put a short-term immediate action in place while we're finding the root cause. What can we do? Shall we talk to the operator? Shall we retrain them? Put more inspection? Uh, manager checks the job every one hour. We just need to do something to stop it from happening again. Okay, so that's the band-aid. We're dealing with a direct cause at this stage. We update our problem solving sheet. We document them. So again, on this, this area, the reference of Q refers to quality. So a safety quality cost delivery people. So if it was a problem with delivery, we put D, a ranking of ABC. You just give it, you know, give that importance to people. Okay, how much of my effort I need to be spending on it? A being the same day, B being one week, and C one month. 
Okay, so we write the problem description and then immediate action. Okay, I'm going to retrain the guys and I'm going to ask the quality inspector to double check every um, every internal locating bracket that that wants to leave this department to ensure it's not happening. That's the band-aid. Now we want to identify the root cause. So we have our direct cause, yeah, no standard procedure for pro positioning the internal locating brackets and we want to use the five vice to drill down into it. It's, it's, it's called five vice because um, it's just a guideline that you don't necessarily need to ask five times but usually when you ask few times you get to the root of the problem okay why it happened and then go why 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 you usually get and another thing is you just need to be careful don't go beyond that because the, the, at, at some point you start getting broader you know and your final why would be because God created us you can't just forever ask why you know why because the universe was created this way <laughs> so at some point you need to stop asking the why and that's what that's why the guideline of five whys comes in hand so direct cause of problem no standard method of positioning why there is no standard method of positioning because the operators don't follow instruction of of um, the drawing why operators don't follow instruction of the drawing because not all drawings are up to date why aren't all drawings up to date? Because the operators never feedback the engineers for drawing updates. Why operators never feedback the engineers for drawing updates? Because there isn't any formal process to capture the issues and assign corrective actions against the time-based plan. So this is your root cause. Usually if you want to verify this from the bottom, go therefore. So just go, there isn't a formal process to capture issues and assign corrective action against a time-based plan. Therefore, the operator never feedback to engineers for drawing updates. Therefore, not all drawings are up to date. Therefore, operators do not follow instruction of the drawing. Okay? Now just remember the example of the machine breakdown. If you stop it from any of any any of this stage, so just imagine you will update all drawings. You spend lots of money on, 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 on effort and resources to, to update all the draw, drawings. Because you haven't put the, the process in place to, to feedback to engineers, it's just a matter of time before this problem hits you again. Okay, and this is, this is what I mean by not dealing with the root cause, it will make sure that, uh, it, will, it will guarantee you that the direct cause will, will come back and bite you. Now we have a root cause, no formal process to capture issues and assign corrective actions against time-based plan. We enter that in our template and we make sure we have a long-term plan for it. So we put it right there, the root cause of the problem, and then the fix would be implement a formal process to capture. Just remember, you need to put someone's name against it. You can't just, okay, we did all of this, we did all of that, and then we come to the root cause fix and then you leave it at this stage. Okay, we know what the root cause is. You need to put a target time and you, put into, you need to put who's responsible for sorting it. Okay, so let's just do a recap of the difference between direct cause and a root cause. Direct cause is reactive. Root cause is preventative. 
direct cause often assigned blames blame to people. Just imagine those um, drawings. You could just say, okay, it's night shift guys. You know, they're they're the one they don't fit it back to engineers, or they're the one uh, making the mistake. So you know, whereas the root cause would not blame people. It just looks at the that system or process failure. Direct cause, um, if the countermeasurement is implemented at a direct cause, it will not prevent a future recurrence, whereas in root cause it does prevent it. Direct cause usually requires short-term con con containment action that is costly in time and resource, whereas the root cause is a proven source of it and it will stop it. As I said, it is as important to, to standardize a successful process by documenting it, an instruction sheet, train people on it, and confirm that that process is working. And make sure that you share it, so make sure you ask the, the question, why did we not standardize it in the beginning? Not because you want to blame, but you would say, probably, if you ask that question, you, it'll, it'll, the answer would be another process that has failed. You know, so for example, that another process would have failed in fabrication that nobody reviews the the change management. See, so that opens a whole can of worm. <laughs> so um, usually, when you ask why did we not do it at the first place, you don't. As I said, I want to emphasize on it. You don't ask that to find out who to blame. You ask that to find out what other process has failed. Okay, so if we take this this um, simple slope, and this is the company's ideal state, just imagine if you standardize it in the beginning. Now this process can't go any further, can it? Because because you've standardized it, you put it in place. This is how we do it, and you communicated it to the business. It actually holds you from going any further, to reaching the company's ideal state. Whereas theoretically, you would standardize after you find the root cause. This is to prevent the ball from rolling back. And then this ball will go further up and your standardization would, would go at the back of it just to stop it from happening again. So this is crucial that you don't jump into standardization and changing all the processes before you're actually understanding the root cause. And that was me. Wow. Thank, Thank you, you, Sean. That's excellent. Brilliant. Um, uh, should you always use graphs, even if it's an accident or an incident, as opposed to a defect? Definitely. Um, we use, uh, it's, it just happened that we use um, quality um, example here. We have very similar um, graphs for our accident as well, because the same scenario goes in here. You know, how many safety concerns do we have? How many accidents do we have? So theoretically, there would be an exact correlation between two. So mm -hmm. the more you actually find hazards, the less accidents will, you will have. You know, this theoretically, mm -hmm. you would similarly you have the categories. Is it the first aid? Do we have lots of first aid? Do we have lots of near misses? Do we have lots of medical treatment? You will break them down into types. Do we have lots of cuts? You know, just last month we had lots of cuts in, and then we break it down to okay, what departments are they? And we have around 26 departments, and it just happened that only two of them have. So just imagine if we stop there and we say, okay, um, it's pretty good. We know what the problem is. Cuts. Let's go out there and change everything and <laughs> put so much effort and money without actually graphing. And graphing is just one way of, 
you know, it's, it's an easy way of displaying the data. If, if you have something else that um, visualizes to you what the problem is, you know, what I understand and creating them uh, can be challenging for some people, but I think is one of the greatest tools to use and to guide you towards the right direction. How early do you involve your workers in the communication process around all of this stuff? They need to understand as early as possible because, um, as I said, for the same reason that when you build your quality at each stage and you tell people why you're doing it and you tell them that, uh, well, this is, this is your department, this is the reason that we build the quality here because if it gets passed on to the next department, um, the same logic goes with the data gathering and the same logic goes with people understanding or looking at the graphs and understanding what the problems are. Supervisor would definitely need to understand those graphs or those KPIs. Um, mm -hmm. Even the people need to understand and, and it needs to be a process and, uh, and it needs to be a procedure in, in their department that uh, when an accident happened, which I'm sure you all have this process, when an accident happened, you have to report it. There is no negotiation. For the same reason, if a company wants to be world class, if a quality defect happens, you cannot just sweep it under the, the, the carpet and carry on. You have to report it and let the data and often you get um, people saying, oh, this is just one-off. My response is always, if it's a one-off, there would be a one corrective action. Don't worry about it. Mm. So <laughs> let the yeah, data yeah. Tell, tell us that if it's a one-off or not. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to us wherever you like to listen. For more behind the scenes and information, check out our Facebook page at Quest to QHSE. For more information on our sponsor, Mango, just visit them at mangolive.com or find them on Facebook, Twitter or LinkedIn.